website. And truth in advertising, Cornerstone is a conservative lobbying group. So if you're going there to find information on liberal candidates, you're, you're probably not going to find it, except they didn't vote this way, they didn't vote that way. But um, the reason why I'm giving this to you is because if you click on this QR code, it takes you to the election page. It tells you how to know who's running in your area, who, who your executive council members are, who your state reps are, because all of us have different state reps, right? My state rep is going to be different from, from yours if... Uh, for who's running in your town because of the way New Hampshire is. So it's important to go here. You're going to find a sample ballot. And then once you know who's running, you can start to do research on the candidates. You know, and, and I believe as a church, we do have a, an awesome privilege and responsibility that you know, more than, than other people in the world, we know the, the truth and the love of Jesus. And we should vote our values. We should vote biblical values but we should vote, right? It, it's, you know, so now I'm going to use myself as an example, and hopefully you can learn from my mistakes, right? Um, we had a primary not too long ago. I had every intention of voting in the primary. And like that day came, and I, I hadn't taken the time to research, and I'm trying to find little scraps of time in, in the day in between meetings or whatnot to look up candidates and decide who am I going to vote for and when am I going to go, but I got a 7 o'clock Zoom call, and you know what? I, I never voted. I punted. I just didn't have the time. It didn't fit. And I just felt like, oh, God. <laughs> like, thankfully, the people I was going to vote for, they, they did get elected. Thank you, Jesus. But, like, we as a church, we should make a plan. And now here's my learning. You can't start on November 8th. It's too late, right? You, but now you got a week, a week plus to go before Election Day, which is November 8th. Make a plan. Decide, am I going to go before work? Am I going to go at lunch? Am I going to go after? You'll find your polling site at this QR code. You'll find how late it's going to be open, how early it's open. You're, you know, so, so make a plan. Understand what you want to do. But here's what I'm asking more than anything. Pray. Pray in Jesus' name for God. What do you want me to do? Research the candidates. Decide who you think best represents biblical values. And then execute your plan. Right? Don't, if you wait for the day, you're probably going to be like me. You're going to miss it, and you're going to feel like, oh, I didn't get it done. Well, start now. Make a plan for what you want to do. Um, and I, I'm going to learn. I, I know i got to start earlier, so i got to start doing my work too, but I'm, I'm encouraging us all. Let's do that. So, all right, let's get back to um, the power in a name. So as we get started this morning, I want to ask you, how many of you here have a name? Raise your hand if you've got a name. All right, good. I was hoping, you know, some people, if you didn't raise your hand, you missed that. Like, we have coffee before service. Maybe you want to come early, get a second cup of coffee, perhaps. But all of us have a name. Now, how many of you have a nickname? All right, so my full name is Gregory. You could say my nickname is Greg. My, only my mom really called me Gregory or when I was in trouble. But I'm not asking for, like, a nickname that's a shortened version of your name. I'm asking, like, you got a nickname. It doesn't, doesn't at all represent your name. Anybody got one of those kind of nicknames? Right? You may have heard me say Dougie Fresh. That's a recent nickname that I have, right? Um, yeah, there's a story behind that. It didn't make the list, though. I'm, I'm giving you some nicknames here from me growing up, right? Zorba, Zuby, Zubzub. Did you know that was my nicknames? Bonky, Veloz. Right? Each one of those has a story. I'm not going to get into all of them, but let me just give you the last one, Veloz. So when I was junior high to high school, I was a clam digger. That was my summer job. Me and my friend Jeff Thompson, we bought a clam boat, 16-foot Garvey. We were living on Long Island. He, he could moor it. So we'd go out every day clamming, and by the end of the day, before 4 o'clock, we had to get all of our clams to the fish market. 
Now, we're professional clam diggers because you have to be licensed in New York. Not anybody can just go clam. And you had to write on a tag your last name and your license number when you you know, gave all your, your clams to the fish market. So they would look at your tag, they'd weigh them all, they'd write you up a slip, and you go and you cash out, and we made like 30 bucks a day, you know. But it was enough for water skiing, gas money, and stuff like that. So it was a great job. But anyway, when they would write the ticket, we noticed that every time I would do my ticket, it would come back Veloz. Because the way I spelled Vicaro, I'd scribble it, and they thought my last name was Veloz. So, like, that's how I got this nickname, that all through high school, my friends called me Veloz because of my, my bad handwriting and what they saw at the fish market, right? Um, so, we're covering the names of God, and I guess the point I want to make is this. Every name has a story. Nicknames have a story. Like, you can ask me later, how did I get the nickname Zubby or Zorba, Right? from Zorba the Greek, Zorba the Greg, and then just derivatives along the way, right? Um, but every nickname's got a story, but God's names are more than a story. We, we learn them in story, but they're part of his character. Like, all you learned about Veloz is that I have bad handwriting. I hope that's not part of my character. That's just the, the way I write. But we're going to cover, in summary fashion, some of the names of God, uh, the ones that we've talked about in this series anyway, Because we learn more about who God is, we learn his nature, we learn his character, and and that gives us better understanding. Just like you've learned a little more about me, we're going to learn more about God in summary, and then I'm going to go on uh, uh, to share a little bit more about the power of the name. So when we started this series, we talked about the I Am. Kevin brought uh, a great uh, example from Exodus 3, which is when Moses... Uh, was being called at the burning bush. If you remember, God told him, take off your shoes because you're standing where? Standing on holy ground, right? What made that sand holy in that moment was because God said it was holy. God set it apart. You know, 30 minutes after Moses left, it wasn't holy anymore. It's just that God said it was holy and it was. But you know, as, as God's talking to Moses, he's very clear. He says, now go for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt You know, when God says, you must go, you must lead, I don't get the sense that he's saying, hey, Moses, if you got a chance, you know, could you go back to Egypt and do me a favor and and maybe, like, lead my people out? But, But here's what Moses says. He's like, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? And Moses just starts throwing up all these smoke screens, like, I can't do this, God. Like, you got the wrong person. I don't want to do it. Pick somebody else. And in the middle of all that, Moses says to God, well, who should I say sent me? And God says, Moses, I am who I am. Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. So that's what Moses does. He he goes. And and the great I am shows up in miraculous ways. You know, and as we were talking about this series as elders and coming up with each week, I said, you know, more than anything, when when we talk about the names of Jesus, I want us to, as a church, not only understand the characteristics of God, but learn how to pray for the diff- how to pray into each name as we go through it. So I'm going to take this example of the election for a minute and say, all right, how would we pray for the great I am in the middle of an election? Okay, well, that's easy. God, we need you to show up in this country in a huge way. Lord, would you allow the people that stand for righteousness to be elected across the country? Like, that could be a way that we pray to, to the God that, that is the I am. Like, did Moses think... 
Well, who am I, God? I can't do it. And don't we think, does my vote really matter? Like, there's a parallel there. No, our vote matters. We do need to take a stand because I believe God asks us as the church to stand up for righteousness, to stand up for those that don't have a voice. So as we think about the great I am, take that into your prayer life and pray for the election and pray for the the great I am to show up. That supernatural things would happen. Remember all the, the plagues that happened? It was miraculous things when the I am shows up. Let's pray for that. Then we went on to Jehovah Nissi, the Lord's my banner, right? We learned this story in Exodus 16. The Israelites were fighting the Amalekites. Israel had just come from the Red Sea. They're, they've been slaves for the past however many years. They're not fighters. The Amalekites, men, they're trained warriors. They kill for sport. So, so now you have this Israelite army, untrained, like who would want to, want to want to volunteer? It's like, you know, Russia bringing up the 300,000 and sending them to the front lines, and they have no training. They have no, no armor. It's like, I don't want to go. Like, I'd be the person trying to get out of Russia right now. Um, but all of Israel, they go, they fight. And what we find is that Mo, uh, Moses goes on top of a hill to watch this fight, and Aaron and her are with him. Remember the story? So if, if Moses is praying and praising the Lord... The Israelites are winning this battle against these trained warriors, even though they have no skills in this area. When Moses gets tired, puts his hands down, the Amalekites start to win. So finally, Aaron picks up one hand, Hur picks up the other hand, and they're holding up Moses' hands, and the Israelites prevail. And God says at the end of this story, hey, I am the one who's your banner, right? You can look to me as my banner because my purpose stands firm. And he's, he's with us in every trial. He was with them in the battle. He's with us in any trial we go through. His provision sustains us. And God wants us to know that he's won the victory. So now how would I pray into Jehovah Nissi when I'm praying for the election? God, let your purposes stand firm in this election. Lord, let this country come back to the roots of believing in you as our Savior. Our money says, in God we trust. But as a country, are we still there? I'm not so sure anymore. Some of us are. But, but let's, let's pray for Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner, to show up. Jehovah Mekadishkum. I, I always laugh when I think of this because I'm seeing some of you laugh too. You're thinking about Steve with that dish, right? Make a dish come. Um, but Steve preached a, a memorable message. But the story was this. Moses was being instructed by the Sabbath. And as God was instructing Moses about the Sabbath... He said to him, Moses, I want you to keep the Sabbath. And why do I want you? Because I'm the Lord who sanctifies you. Right? That's what God shared. A part of his character with Moses. That's what he shared. So Steve used that example of a tuning fork, right? And he banged the tuning fork. And he said, hey, if you're tuning a piano, I bang the fork and I put it next to A, a is 440 beats per second. But I, I hit, or 440 beats per minute, I'm not sure which one. But he hits it and it's going to resonate only the A string. The B string's not going to resonate. The D string, the C, no, just the A. And that's what the Holy Spirit is in our life. When when the Holy Spirit starts to speak, don't you want your spirit to resonate with what he's saying? Now, we, we all know we've got an enemy. That enemy comes and he's like, boom, you know, here's the lie, here's the deception. Sometimes in our old nature, those things start to resonate. And it's like, nope. Just want to, I want to snuff out that resonance. But the more, I, the more time I spend in God's word, the more time I spend in his presence, my spirit is going to become more like him. I'm changed into his image day by day. 
And as God changes me, I want my spirit to resonate with his spirit. I want to be sanctified. I, I want that to happen. So now, Jehovah, make it Ishkom. How could we pray that in this election? Lord, let, your, let my spirit resonate with yours. Show me who to vote for. Give me wisdom, God. That, that I, I could look through all of the, like, you know, oh my gosh, you see the ads, and it's like, whatever I see in an ad, I, I usually believe probably, you know, one-third of what they're saying is true, and the rest of it is just sensationalism, right? You don't know what to believe. God, give me wisdom that I would know who to vote for. God, you would show me what, what candidate stands for what. Lord, whenever the enemy speaks, help me dampen it. Help me just put a, you know, come out and, and silence the voice of the enemy, that it would only be the Holy Spirit that I'd be listening to. So that's Jehovah Mekadishkim. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. This was a wonderful story, right? So the, the children of Israel come out of the Red Sea. They have a great party to celebrate. They put all their rocks, you know, as something that uh, for generations they'll be able to see and, and tell their kids the story of what happened. And now they're going to head towards the promised land, but the first three days are through the wilderness. They're going through the desert. It's like, why does God do that sometimes? It's like, go to the promised land. Yep, first you got to go through the valley, right? But we learn and we get to know God so much deeper in the valleys, don't we? So they go through the desert. They're using up all their Nalgenes. And and finally they run out of water. And now they come to this oasis. This beautiful oasis. They're ready to gulp the water down. And instead they they start gagging because it's so bitter they can't even drink it. And man, the people get angry. They're not angry at God, or maybe they are, but they're angry at Moses and they're taking it out. But you see, good old Mo, I think as he was walking through the wilderness, he was listening to, uh, to uh, Joyce Meyer, right? On, she was, he was listening to the latest podcast. And what does Joyce say? You know, when trouble happens, where do you run? Don't run for the phone, run for the throne. That's a Joyce Meyer statement, right? So, so Moses is like, look, I got nothing for you. He cries out to God. And God shows him, hey, see this piece of wood over here? Take that piece of wood, throw it in the water. Okay. He throws the wood in the water, and it makes the bitter water sweet. And God says, I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm the one who makes the bitter water sweet. I am your healer. Like, that just blows me away. So now I want to pray, Jehovah Rapha, Lord, there's so much bitterness when it comes to politics in our country. It didn't used to be this way. I remember when I turned 18, I couldn't wait to vote. I'm not sure if we have that anymore, right? It, it used to be there was open debate and open conversation. And now all we can do is argue and call names. And, and, but the church, like why would we as the church enter into that? No, no, that's not what we need to be doing as the church. We need to be bringing light. We need to love and disagree well. We don't need to come in judgment and, and just start name calling and, and getting into these petty no, we need to pray and say, God, give us wisdom. Help me, help me have a great conversation with someone that disagrees. And Lord, maybe they're going to see more of the love of Jesus in me. And, and God, it's you that's going to change their mind. I'm not going to change people's minds. So when we pray, we enable God to do the work for us. Right? It's, it's him. It's he that wins the battle. We're not going to win the battle if we just try to beat it over somebody's head. No, you got to. We're not here to convince people about our way is the only way. Let Jesus do that. Let's pray for him. Lead him to Jesus. He'll fix them. We don't have to fix people. But God makes the bitter waters sweet. Don't we need that in our election? Right? We, we can pray for Jehovah Rapha. Come in my heart. As I'm at work or you're at work, right? Conversations happen. 
Be bold. Share. But you don't have to share in an antagonistic, arrogant, or puffed up way. Share in a humble way. Share truth. And, and let the Holy Spirit be the one that, that resonates in, in other people's lives. That's Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Shammah. How many of you thought when Ed said, sure, ma, that that was a Shammah? I don't know about that. I think he was just trying to get one over on Steve. But Steve's, Steve's make a dish come tops them all. Um, all right, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Ezekiel 48, 30, 35. This is a vision that God was giving to Ezekiel. And it was a pretty detailed vision. It, it wasn't something that was happening. And God told Ezekiel, the name of the city that I'm giving you a picture of, and it was very detailed in this vision. But the name of that city is that I am there. I'm with you. Now, when God shared this with Ezekiel, they were in exile. The Jews were, they didn't have a lot of hope. But, but God gave them this vision that they would have hope in the midst of despair. And I'm like, what a powerful thing for the name of the city to be God is there, right? Do you remember when, when Ed and Barb danced cheek to cheek, right? Because that was the title of his message was cheek to cheek. And then Ed turned away, but Barb kept behind him, right? God, Barb was always right next to Ed. God is with us whether we know he's with us, whether we're dancing cheek to cheek with him or we're starting to walk away. God is there with us. He's a very present help in every situation. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God is still with us, right? He's our, he's our shepherd. So Lord Jesus, would you be present in this election? God, I need you not only in me as I've got to share with, with co-workers as I wear my I voted button and people go, you voted? Why, why did you vote for? Like this whole country's going, no, I want to be a light. Lord, would you be present? Would you help me stand up for you? Jehovah Shammah, God is there. Jehovah Shalom, I love this message. This was so good. In Judges 6, when Gideon is, is meeting the angel face to face, like how many of us has done this? Where God is speaking to it. Maybe you don't realize it's God. Gideon maybe he thought it wasn't an angel, but all of a sudden he starts giving the angel like, no, like, you know, what, what did the angel say? Let me see. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior, is what the angel says to Gideon. And Gideon comes back and he says, how could you say the Lord is with me when all this other stuff is going on? Like Gideon starts to openly question the angel of God. And then when he realizes, he's like, oh my gosh, I saw an angel of God. I'm going to die. Like I wasn't nice. I wasn't polite. I, everything's going wrong. And God says, no, peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So Gideon builds an altar. And what does he call the altar? He calls it the Lord is my peace. Right? So it's out of a very troubling time where Gideon is that God then works with Gideon and makes him that mighty warrior. And God fights the battle through Gideon and through his people. Peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So how can we pray Jehovah Shalom in this election? Lord, let me be led by your peace. Lord, let peace come through me. Help me spread your peace to others that are around that they would see the light of Jesus you know, we had a wonderful time of ministry last week, uh, if you were here. At the end of the service, Josh asked, hey, if, if you need peace in your life, come up and pray. We're going to have another time of ministry this morning. But I, I prayed with a person, and, and you know, we, we really dug into this prayer. It was Amanda Nick. She gave me permission um, to share this with you. But she sent me an email today because at the end of our time praying, I said, hey, Amanda, would you do me a favor? Let me know. Come find me next Sunday. I want to know how God answers his prayer because we were really digging in, right? So she sends me an email. I, I think it was on Wednesday. 
And she says, Pastor Greg, you prayed with me on Sunday at the end of service regarding my stressful teaching position. I can't possibly wait until this Sunday to touch base because I had the most incredible experience of my life this week. After we prayed and I shared my struggles, I talked to God constantly over the next several hours, asking for clarity and guidance. I prayed before every class on Monday. I tried to see my students through God's eyes. My entire focus was on serving God through teaching. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? And Monday was the worst, all bolded, all capital letters, the worst day of teaching yet. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. So, so bad. Like wanted to leave and never come back bad. I reached out for help in the school community, contacted parents, and of course continued to pray. I cried lots of tears. I read this and I felt bad for Amanda. I know what it's like. I've got a number of my sisters are teachers. I know teachers are going through a lot. I cried lots of tears, but prepared to return to school on Tuesday. My schedule should have been easy and peaceful. I prayed and tried to start the day with fresh eyes and an open mind. But then Tuesday, all bold, all capital, was even worse than Monday. (laughs) Like, doesn't that happen to you sometimes? You pray and believe and things don't get better. They seem to get worse, right? So, so bad. Angry students, angry parents. No one likes being held accountable for their actions. That's the world today, but regardless. Um, So I texted my husband, Ryan, and said, start finding me another job. I can't do this. God was surely sending me very clear and loud signs that this is not my path, right? But that couldn't be it. I knew in my heart that God wants me to help these students. So this morning, I heard a voice in my mind say, the strife you're experiencing is not the work of God. Walking away would only let the devil win. Isn't it sometimes it's a still small voice that we hear, right, in in the Lord? And like a lightning bolt, it hit me. Everything escalated to an unbelievable level When I started to really pray and put my challenges on God, the devil didn't like it, and he was trying to chase me away. So this morning I said, nope, I see what you're doing here. I'm not going to give up on these children. I'm going to follow God, and I will choose joy. So I praise God the 15-minute drive to work, listening to Joy by King and Country on repeat. The time had come to make a choice. I choose joy. My friend Nicole reminded me that I was putting on the armor of God by saying this. Now, I'm imagining Amanda must have little kids in our children's ministry. We've been talking about the armor of God. The kids are really getting a hold of the armor of God. There's been magnets going home to put on your refrigerator. So, like, shout out to the children's ministry because it was ministering here as well. So then Amanda goes on, I can't even express how different today was. Exceptional behavior, unbelievable progress, warm and safe environment like night and day. A switch flipped when I told the devil to back off and I continue to praise God and walk in his name. I just want to scream it from the rooftop because it was the most insane change I've ever experienced. On my way out of the building today, I stopped to talk to the administrator I'd spoken with the day before to let her know everything went well. She said, that's so great. But it actually went, it was really crazy. The dad who was XYZ went from 100 to zero today. He was totally calm. He was good with the situation. And and this is what Amanda's takeaway is. I've been a believer and I feel like I have a strong relationship with God. But at this time, I was really feeling down, really low. And I leaned in harder than I ever had in a long time. And what a miracle. Thank you for the prayers. So guys, when we come and we pray in Jesus' name, yeah, amen. Thank, give the Lord a hand clap. That is so awesome. Thank you, Jesus. So when we come and we pray at the end of service, like I, I want us to start stepping in more to say, God, we're, we're bringing you situations that we can't control. 
but you can. You have a plan. You've got a purpose. God, we're trusting you. There's power when we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen? So God's peace is profound. It allows us to accomplish what we're called to, and it meets us regardless of our circumstances. That's Jehovah Shalom. So now I want to get into the rest of the story. Right, today the message is about power in a name. And we've talked about all the different names of God in the Old Testament. But did you know that there's one name in the New Testament that's greater than any other name? It says in Philippians, Therefore God has also exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Right? God has given us the name of Jesus. You know, and I thought to myself, when you're driving down the highway and all of a sudden, like, an accident is unfolding in front of you, do you say, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah, Jehovah Shalom, like, I just go, Jesus, <laughs> right? There's only one name you need to know, right? If you forget all the different characteristics of God, like maybe they've gotten down in your heart through this series, you just need to know the name of Jesus. To say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, show up. Jesus, I'm praying that you show up in my heart and my life today. Jesus, help me. Colossians says, for in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Acts says there's a salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we might be saved but the name of Jesus. You know, and just like Amanda found out, we've got authority in the name of Jesus. We can say, hey, devil, we're not going there. Like, this is a lie. I know what God has spoken to me. I'm going to stand up for the truth. But sometimes when we press in to God, it gets a little harder. Right? And, and I, I remember, I think, I forget what message it was, but there's times when we say, okay, is God's faithfulness being tested or is it the faith of God's people that's being tested as we go through a trial, right? It's not God that's on trial here. He's not being tested. It says he is faithful. When we are faithless, God is faithful. He's, his love is unfailing for us. You don't have to worry, oh, maybe I did something wrong. God's not loving me today. No, it's not the way it works. His love is unfailing. But now I come and I say, okay, God, I, I see that it's getting harder. Lord, I want to press in. That's when we need the Aaron and the Her. We don't need someone to hold our hands. We need someone to raise our hands and say, no, you're not going to give up. You continue to pray. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to believe with you. And that's how the body of Christ comes together in, in those moments of challenge. We pray in Jesus' name. And this is what we see in in John 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I've been a Christian for a long time. It's, It's pushing actually a little over 50 years. And I've seen the church go through a lot of different, uh, you know, decades worth of, okay, this was an emphasis, then this was an emphasis, we're turning the volume up on that. There was a time when people were being the name it and claim it, right? In Jesus' name, I'm praying for a pink Corvette, you know, or I'm praying for... It's like, okay, in Jesus' name is not just some magical phrase that we use. There's power in the name of Jesus that we can ask for whatever we need and God will give it to us. But sometimes you need to let the word of God interpret the word of God. So let's look at what 1 John 5, 14 says. And this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. 
You know, I believe that we, when we come to pray, God does have a will. I don't need to pray this, oh, Lord, if it be your will. No, I can pray in faith believing for certain things, right? So I look at 3 John verse 2. It says that you would have good health even as your soul prospers. That's the word of God. So if someone comes to me for healing, I'm not praying, God, if it be your will. I'm saying, Lord, I'm believing you and I'm praying and I'm standing for healing. I'm casting out the, the you know, spirit of infirmity, whatever it would be. I'm going to pray in faith. Now, does everyone get healed? Not always. But you know what? I'm still going to pray in faith. I'm still going to go for it, right? And, and that's what God wants us to do, to exercise our faith and to pray in Jesus' name, believing. So I'm, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back for a minute. Because I want to sing that song that I, we didn't get the words up there during worship. I don't know if you can get the words up there now when we, when we, I want to close within Jesus' name. If you can get them up there, great. If not, you know, listen to these words because it's a prayer that we pray when we pray this, when we, when we sing this song in Jesus' name. So I, I want to invite you that as we, as we close in this song, Guys, if you have needs, if there's something in your life like it was for Amanda last week, like it takes a little bit of boldness to come walk down and line the altar. But I've been praying all week long. I've asked a, a number of people that I know that, that know how to pray, that are, that are good at praying, to come and join us here at the altar. You can go ahead and get started. Um, that if you have a need you want to pray for, whether it's Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there, Jehovah Shalom, he's our peace. Jehovah Rapha, he's our healer. Jehovah make a dish come. Can't remember what that one means now. <laughs> you remember them all. Right, whatever aspect you need, I only need to know one name, the name of Jesus. We're going to pray in his name. Would you stand with us as we close? We're going to sing this song. So if you want prayer this morning for anything, I'm inviting you to come down. If there's a larger group over here, spread out. It makes us easier to, to pray for you. But would you come now? come let's pray we're going to sing this song as we as we pray and then we'll close so let's let's ask god god what do you want to do today thank you jesus come on if you want prayer
for healing. We pray for deliverances. Lord, we pray for marriages. God, we speak the name of Jesus over each situation, God, that you have come to set us free. Lord, you have come to deliver us. God, you've come to meet every need. So precious Holy Spirit, precious Jesus, I thank you, Father, for filling your people with love. God, I thank you that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. God, lead us forward from this place. We trust you. We worship you, Lord. Let your faith arise in us today, God, that we would continue to believe, Lord, if if Monday is worse than Sunday, God, we're going to trust you. If Tuesday is worse than Monday, God, we're still going to trust you because you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. We, We worship you this morning, God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go with God. Have a great week. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us. Take care.